Hi everyone, I'm Paola Diana and this is Unleashed the Game Changers. Today our guest is a real game changer. She doesn't even need any introduction. Thank you, Andrea McLean, for being here with us today. Thank you so much. It's I'm so looking pleasure. forward to today. It's going to be fun, I can tell. I'm so grateful because you are an award-winning, you know, best-selling author. You are now a life coach and you were a TV presenter, you know, for 25 years maybe. Mm, mm. So you had a huge, amazing career. You still have. And I just want to know everything about you because I was reading your last book for everyone. This is the book and you should read this book because it's fantastic. You just need to believe it. And you're telling everyone the which is the way in 10 days to change their life. Mm -hmm. So you are the perfect guest for the Game Changers. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you and thank you for having me and thank you for saying such lovely things about me. It is worth traveling here just to be complimented because who doesn't like that? That was really nice of you. I'm glad that you're enjoying the book. It's the book itself. You just need to believe it is is based on a challenge that I put together for my This Girls on Fire community because I yeah. run a, a female personal growth. Uh, it's in an app and it, I all, I'll do courses and all sorts of things. And to sort of get them started, I put together a challenge and I called it the 10 ways in 10 days to becoming brave challenge. And what I did was I put together a mixture of all the, the lessons that I've learned throughout my time of my own growth. So I'm in my 50s now. So obviously there are things that you learn that life teaches you and there are things that you learn where you you study it and you read and you absorb or in my case I interview and I, I reach sure. out to different people and I pieced it together in, in 10 steps and took them from feeling stuck and scared and unsure sometimes of where they wanted to go next, sometimes of who they felt in themselves and then just took them through a process into a place where they could look at themselves differently and understand that I will never turn you into this brave person who never feels fear. What I will teach you is how to walk alongside fear. This and is what it's I beautiful. Love. It's such a beautiful, for me, oh my gosh. Yeah. Can I just tell you this morning, literally this morning, I finished doing it live to, uh, for the past 10 days. I've been doing it um, online with a, a, a new community of, of women, just introducing them to it. Okay. Today was my last day. I cried. Oh. I cried, they cried, because when you see that moment and it clicks for people, it's the most beautiful thing. I love what I do. Oh, well, I can tell. I can see the passion in your eyes mm. and this is wonderful. And also I can feel it, you know, while reading the book. Mm. It's really genuine because you talk also a lot about your own story. Mm. So I can tell that it comes from your life, your daily life, and also maybe f through the struggles you had during the pandemic, right? Yeah. When you decided to quit your six figures job in order to become your own boss. I know. Can you tell us more about this uh, <laughs> moment when you <laughs> made this decision? Um, so I had been running this Girl is on Fire as a, as, as a side thing. I hate the word hustle because hustle always sounds like, um, oh, it's this cheeky little thing that you, you just kind of do it. It's not a side job that you have is really hard because yes. you're working 
alongside the job that you are already doing and you're paid to do, that's what's paying your mortgage and your bills and supporting your children. I hear you, Andrea, I hear you. <laughs> to call it a side hustle, it's, it's, it demeans actually how much work it actually is. So I was working on this Girls on Fire on the side. It came from a place of service because I'm so fortunate that I get to meet so many wonderful people. I, I hear great stories and advice and I just wanted to pay it forward. And I've been through some difficult times in my life and I regularly, because I'm quite an open person, I get people reaching out to me on social media and asking for help. And I had been trying to message them and DM them all individually going, okay, well, why did you try this? And here's a group you can, I thought this isn't working. So, because it was tens of thousands of people. So I put a website together and called it This Girl's on Fire and it became this really beautiful online space that women from all around the world who had no idea who I was in Fantastic. terms of here in the UK they knew me. They just loved what I was putting out to the world. But, and you'll appreciate this as a businesswoman, I didn't want to charge any money for it and I didn't want advertising on it because I didn't want to spoil it. Mm. I didn't want it to be tainted by pop-ups and sponsors and this. I just wanted it to be pure. That's a really terrible business idea because what happens is um, it costs money to put these things together because it's not just me. By then I had a, a, a team um, and I was paying writers who were coming on board. I was paying them what they were worth. So I was doing every job known to man to pay for everyone else until I ended up, I burned out and I had a full breakdown. That was a year before the pandemic. and. What happened during the pandemic was I realized was that I'd been putting off that moment where I pivoted away from what I had been doing for so many years. And I still love working in TV, sure. but I wanted to put all my passion into this because this, this felt really right to me. But I was kept waiting for the right moment. And, and the you needed a change. You felt you need to change, right? Well, it wasn't just that. I was, I was waiting for some sort of sign that the right moment would come and I realized Actually, there is no right moment. It doesn't come from there. No. It's inside you. And the pandemic showed me there were people a lot smarter than me had made all these projections and plans. And then the pandemic happened. All the plans disappeared. And I thought, yeah. what am I waiting for? Yes. So I jumped and I quit my job and I quit my high profile, successful career in the middle of a global pandemic with no idea whether what I was going to do was, would work or not but it still felt really right. And 18 months on, it's the best decision I've ever made. Andrea, I'm I so love, happy I did it. I love to hear that, honestly. You, you felt you need a change and you weren't stopped by your own fear. Mm. And I love what you say mm. about fear. She will always walk with you. Yes. I, I really enjoyed the tiger uh, visualization uh, uh, moment that you're writing about in your book because it's wonderful. Thank and you. And this is how life is, right? Mm. And, and the, the, the tiger visualization for me, um, to explain it to anyone who, who, who doesn't know what it is, when I was, I had done the challenge and it had been really successful with the women in my community. And I thought, how can I dig into each segment that I've offered to them in more detail and how can I offer it to the wider world? So I wanted to put it in a book. And then I wanted to put something together that encapsulates that feeling of you will never get rid of fear, but how can you make it work with you? And I sat down one day um, when I was writing and again, the pandemic was happening. 
and you know we're in lockdown and <clears throat> my son's moved away so he's in university so I've taken his bedroom so that I have some space and quiet I thought what can I do and I just an image came into my head of a woman who is imprisoned by her fear literally in a cage and I just started to write and the visualization that is in the book has not been changed at all I literally just wrote what I felt and it's an it's a it's a metaphor but it's also I think a really powerful illustration of the tiger is is prowling up and down up and down outside of the cage and we feel so fearful because this tiger is going to attack us if we leave and then it's this realization that actually it's not a male tiger it's a female tiger and she's protecting you and loves you and is caring for you and you need to learn to work together but the only way to do that is to love her and I get goosebumps when I talk about it because it's it's such a powerful moment of realization for the women who read it and experience it because I've had women come back to me and say to me I've realized I've been the tiger I've been the one prowling outside containing myself and I've done it to my kids and I've done it to my friends and I've tried to keep them contained and I can't I need to let them feel fear because we want to protect them yes that's why right Mm. and we want to protect ourselves always who wants to get hurt exactly apart from you because you're crazy and you do (laughs) jujitsu I love you (laughs) you understand me I do I do (laughs) <laughs> no, but it's true. That's what is fear, right? We mm. want to protect ourselves. But also, on the other side, we can't grow without yes. change. It's beautiful to see that actually you are doing what you're preaching. You really decided to change your life and, yeah. uh, and start something new. Because our life is made in phases, right? They, they say seven years, maybe, mm-hmm. each phase. What do you think? That's about right, actually. I mean, there's a reason why it's called the seven-year itch. Um, Because you do, you get a bit itchy and you think, hmm, okay, I'm either too comfortable, which again, people think, how can you be too comfortable? We're all chasing comfort. Really, we're not. We're not designed to be comfortable. We're designed to be uncomfortable. You know, you can have a certain base level of comfort, but it's through that restlessness that beautiful things happen because then you you start looking outside of yourself and to how can I challenge myself how can I grow you know and again there's a reason why they say everything you want is on the other side of fear because it's true you you do you need to take a deep breath jump into the cold pool come out that was awful and then start to swim and then you realize how beautiful it is and you've done it yeah you don't have to be scared to fail that's another very important Mm. point right Yes, and, and I talk about this so much to the women in my community. And one of the things I explain to them is, you're not afraid of failing, you're scared of embarrassing yourself. There's a big difference because we will all fail. We fail every day. Yes. You're just scared of embarrassing yourself. The biggest tip I can give you is stop being afraid to embarrass yourself. So, uh, do you know Sarah Blakely? Obviously, you know yeah. who Sarah Blakely is. Yeah. I urge everyone, go and follow her on Instagram. She talks all the time about regularly doing things that will embarrass her so that it's a muscle you need yeah. to build up. And then f- fear of failing doesn't seem quite so bad because actually you're like, what's the worst that could happen? I walked out the toilet with my skirt stuck in my pants. You know, <laughs> I've, I understand what embarrassment is. And you haven't failed. You just found a way that didn't work. Now you'll find a way that does. Yeah. You will never know if you can succeed if you are so afraid of failing, right? Yeah, and uh, again, I think that if people live so cautiously, 
through fear of failing, they're not actually living at all. Yes, I know. You're, you're, you're and not. And it's painful. You know, Andrea, mm. I think uh, that many people, they're really in pain because they can't find the courage to change. So mm -hmm. I, I truly believe that your book and, of course, your coaching uh, will do so much good to people who are following you. Thank because, you. Yeah, it's so Thank much you. needed. It's Thank so you. much needed. I truly believe that. Thank you. And what, what, I, what, I, what I say to people as well, if you're thinking, yeah, but it's okay for you because you're brave, I'm not like you. Yeah, that's, I heard that as well. <laughs> you know, it, that happens all the time. Yeah. There's a few things I, I would say. That's great that you're not me because you're you. Uh, there's only one of me and there's only one of you. There's only one of anybody. So don't try and be like me. Just be like yourself. And take, don't overwhelm yourself by thinking of all the huge amount of tasks you need to do to try and get yourself to where you want to be. Just do one thing. But Andrea, were you born like this? Were mm. you Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you are always brave and rebellious, maybe a little bit, and looking for something new. Yes, but I had it knocked out of me. For about 20 years, I wasn't like this. Okay. So for, there'll be people who've known me in my adult life that will think, who's this new woman? She's amazing. Look at her being so fearless. I lost my way for a very long time through my adult years because you wanted to be a good girl because I wanted to be a good girl and I was in relationships with people who didn't interestingly were attracted to the brave vibrant side of me and they wanted to oppress you and yes. control you yeah and keep you down all of those things and I hear you. sometimes if your light is too too bright people don't like it so they'll do everything they can to, to dim it and unfortunately, that, that happened to me, really unfortunately, not just once, but a few times. And so it, it had a big impact on me. And so I lost the self-belief that I, I was worth anything. I went through a time That's in my terrible. life where I was agoraphobic. I couldn't leave the house. I felt wow. so worthless. I, I, I would be halfway through eating food and I'd put a bit in my mouth and I'd think, oh, this tastes so good. And a voice in my head would say, you don't deserve good food. And it would become oh like cardboard in my mouth. I couldn't even swallow it. I'd go to the cinema and, and watch a film and there'd be something funny and a voice in my head would say, you don't deserve to laugh. Oh, and I could, so the pain that so many women are going through now, it's real. I understand yeah. it because I've been where they are. And what I would say to them is, you feel lost now and it's not that you need to become a new you you need to find who you were because there's a part of you that was brave you just yeah. lost it for a while oh but honestly i didn't know you went so dark so i, I really. did i did really mm. and why you were presenting itv oh also i the thing is people very people are very confusing ideas as to what uh you know, we talk about mental health, we talk about physical health, we talk about uh, depression and anxiety, overwhelm, burnout. All these words are sort of popping around in the ether right now without any true understanding of what they yes. actually are. And it is possible to hold down a very successful and challenging job whilst also being those things. Yeah. You, in some instances, the job itself can be the savior because when you are in that, that role and you've put that hat on, you know where you are with that. There's a comfort 
there. But as soon as you take that mask off and you return back to your personal life, everything goes back to the, the yeah. darker place. And it, it might seem like a bit of a strange juxtaposition of strength and weakness, but actually they can coexist. I know many very, very successful, uh, whether they're businesswomen or women in the, in the public eye, who've experienced what I have, and you would never know. Yeah. Yeah, because they are high-functioning, but yes. on the same side, uh, they might experience depression. Do you think it was depression in your case as well? It was a mixture of, of many things. It was a mixture of, um, again, being with, with people who <laughs> unfortunately enjoyed seeing me not happy. Uh, I, d I also experienced postnatal depression after my, my yeah. second child. And that's very common, and unfortunately we are not talking about that. You know, mm. as, as much as we should. Mm. Yeah. I, I, funnily enough, I'm helping someone in my community this morning. On my way here, I was messaging her. Um, because, again, who there is a lot of, there's a lot of guilt associated, especially yes. with highly functioning women, with uh, who am I to hold my hand up and say that I'm suffering because I have so much compared to anyone else? Who am I to feel this bad? Who am I to feel in pain or not worthy or even depressed because I have so much and there are people sure. who are genuinely suffering this world and can I look around and say I'm suffering not really on the grand scale yeah. of things so why am I feeling the way that I am but of course it is possible because you're still a human being of having course. a human experience yeah. Yeah, and also being in the public eye and on camera mm. every day, I think for you was even maybe harder, right? Because you have to smile. You have to show that you're happy, right? When you're on mm. camera. Do you know, you would think that, but mm. actually it was the other way around. So that was a saving for you? Yes. A saving mom. Okay, yes. that's interesting. Because when I went to work, and again, as women, we do it all the time. We wear different hats. We wear masks. Once I had put on my uniform and yeah. it, it becomes like a uniform and you know I've done my hair and I've checked myself in the mirror it's like that bit of you switches on and you compartmentalize and you can push everything else to one side and for a few hours you're on fire you're amazing and you can handle all these things and do all these things but then it goes you you it sounds strange you would think yeah, it would no, be difficult to, to, understand. to mm. pretend sometimes you're not yes you you have to pretend that moment when you walk in the door and then you smile but actually it's been scientifically proven that if you if you do smile and you behave in a way as if you are happy it's true. your brain is triggered to think oh she must be okay <laughs> everything must be all right and then of it's course true. you go back to your reality and yeah. you know it's not so I heard about this research about the smiling and that's mm. since that day when I read about uh, I smile every morning in my bed when I wake up. <laughs> that's so nice. Yeah, yeah. That's I, so I nice. I just do that and then immediately I think it would be a good day. Today would be a good day. And to even tell yourself that thought is so powerful yes. yeah. rather than, you know, we all have an alarm clock. We all switch it off and go, Oh, right, okay, Whew, what have I got on today? Oh my gosh, so many things. Yeah. You know, but if you can tell yourself. Yeah, it's an attitude, right? It's a choice. You choose to be happy, you choose to be positive, you choose to see the bright side instead of the problems you were faced in that day. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. diminish them. It doesn't diminish exactly. the, pro the problems, mm. they are still there. 
but if I can look at them with a different mindset and say, wow, look, look at those list of things I'm facing. What are my solutions to them and how can I solve them? Right, now I'm looking at the solutions rather than just the problems. For me, that was what really helped. Because otherwise, you know, I still experience anxiety, depression, low mood, overwhelm. But I accept now they're part of our human experience. Of course. It's part of us. Of course. Life is not a Disney yeah. movie where everything is yeah. sunshine and, and musicals. I mean, it'd be nice. Yeah. But also, where would we learn and grow? Even in the Disney movies, they learn and grow through adversity. You know. Yeah. No, no, it's true. It's life. Uh, Andrea, can we go back a little bit to your dark moment? How, how did you find help? It was just yourself? You mm. healed yourself? Or you, you asked for someone to help you and you find your way through? I asked for help. And I would urge anybody who is experiencing difficulties of any kind, yes. of any kind, ask for help. I didn't at first. Basically what it took was uh, someone I work with uh, in the production team on TV. She stood in front of me like a woman in front of a train and went, stop. I don't know what it is you think you're doing, by pretending everything is all right, but I can see things aren't all right. You, you need to stop. I can see that you're worrying and you're not being yourself. And I think if, if someone hadn't stood in front of me and done that, I would have lasted a lot longer before I asked for help. So I went home that day and I told my husband everything I'd been feeling and he was devastated because he didn't know. Okay. And you think, how can you love someone so purely we have a wonderful relationship how can he not notice and that was how he felt he felt terrible about it he felt guilty as well he felt guilty yeah. but we're clever as women we can yeah. carry on and yes. hide all sorts of things yeah but also men can hide very well of course of it, course it's, it's really it's sad. both ways yeah, yeah yeah and so between us i asked around for friends and just said look I, i'm looking for a therapist i'm looking for someone to help me and was recommended one and I started off with, <clears throat> I think I had six sessions on my own. And then uh, my husband came with me. And that was really important because it was important, one, for me to piece myself sort of back together again. There'd been a lot of things uh, from previous relationships that I hadn't dealt with at all. And clearly they'd, they'd they were building inside They were building you. inside. Yeah. So we dealt with those. And then my husband came to the sessions and we had group counseling to understand how to negotiate better, how to argue better, how to um, communicate better. And this is from a position of strength, from a really good relationship. And what that did was it, it showed both of us how to understand where each other's coming from in terms of, here's an example. Um, <laughs> our lovely therapist said to us, okay, so before I see you, when you next have an argument, um, just remember it when you come in and we'll pick it apart and talk about, you know, how, how it went. And we're like, okay. So we're driving to the, the session and I said, oh, we, we haven't had an argument. So, because we don't really argue that often. <laughs> we haven't had an argument. So what are we going to talk about? Well, we ended up, I don't know how it started. We had the biggest argument in the car <laughs> on the way there so we arrived mid-argument oh, and so we, we went to see her and we went 
this has happened. She went, brilliant. I've never actually had someone in the middle of an argument. Great. What is the problem? What were you talking about? So we told her. And you know, I can't even remember what it was now. And Usually it's a small thing. Oh, it was tiny. I can't even remember. And she said, so this is perfect. What it illustrates is both of you want the same thing. You want resolution, but you're going about it in very different ways. And what it's doing is really annoying the other person. So, for example, I... I won't rest until I think it's done yeah. and I will keep going. But for me, it's because when I haven't had resolution before, things spiraled because of my previous relationships yeah. and got very worse. And I needed to feel in myself, we're good, yeah. we're okay, so I, I can stop panicking. For him, what the hell is wrong with this woman chasing me around, constantly <laughs> wanting to know whether it's done or not? I've told you it's done. But to me, he's shutting down and he's not talking to me anymore. So what she said was, you both love each other and you want this to be better. The first thing I'd ask you to do is walk away from each other <laughs> and don't talk about it for a little while yeah, and settle down. Advice. Yeah, and see that when she chases you, it's with love. And when he walks away, it's with love because he doesn't want it to escalate and you want it resolved. Do that and then come back together and talk with a calm mindset. And we've, we've carried on with that thought process in every part of our lives. You know, at work, uh, if there's a conflict, obviously we have a team and you're, you're, you're building a business and things may not go in the direction that you wanted to. Take a breath, walk away, understand that maybe someone feels like they're getting a bit abrasive. It's because they care. Step away. So we now... We don't do it all the time. But if we know we're having a difficult moment coming up, we see this woman still, but we call her our relationship coach now. Because we're, we're in a great place. We're like, right, we've got, we know we're gonna be a bit stressy around about this time. What would you recommend? And she coaches us through it, sometimes before it's even happened. Fantastic. Everyone should do it. Yeah. Every relationship yeah, should have counseling. Thank you counseling. for this advice. No, thank <laughs> you for sharing because you're such a role model. So I, I'm sure other women, they can just benefit. Also men, honestly, because mm. the problem also not talking about their feelings and depression is very hard and, and bad for men as well because mm. actually they, they tend to speak even less than women. Yes. And that's why we have uh, the huge amount of mental health problems yeah. and suicides and uh, it's terrible. We should... All, all of us, we should mm. ask for help. Well, my, my husband and I obviously have worked side by side starting This Girl Is On Fire, which is all about, um, basically we call it to help them get brave, get confident, get going. So in a nutshell, but what we've, we knew all along, but because we've been focusing on women, uh, now that our business is, is up and running in that way, in September, we're launching This Guy Is On Fire. I read about. Well and I'm so, I'm so proud of that Exciting. and looking forward to that yes. because a couple of things. One, you know, one half of the planet does not have the prerogative on, on mental health issues. Of course, we're all human beings, regardless. Yeah. So, but men will deal with it in a slightly different way. So rather than forming a community which was uh, combined, mm. I felt it was important to have two separate ones so that men can talk about it in their own yes. way. So Nick is heading up we are that different. one. We are, and that needs to be celebrated and, and, exactly. em, and embraced. Yeah. And we, we come together with our commonalities and we stand beautifully apart with our, with our differences. Yeah. Nick likes golf, I don't. You know, that's our main difference. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, Andrea, listen, you know I'm very curious. And I know you presented uh, Lose Women for mm. 13 years or maybe mm, more. Mm, mm -hmm. 
What can you tell us about behind the scenes? What happened? What was the funniest moment? Can you share something? Oh gosh, so many. So many, <laughs> so many. Share them all. Um, I mean, for me, Loose Women is one of the most special programs on TV for the singular reason that there is no other program that is solely presented by women that talks about the issues of the day, whether they are incredibly difficult, challenging, heartbreaking moments of the day, or whether they are ridiculous, funny, light-hearted moments of the day, purely from a female perspective. Not necessarily from a totally informed point of view, no one's an expert, but from, just from a female perspective. And I loved that side of the, the, the program. I loved the light and shade of the conversation because that's how women talk. We can go from talking about something that is, you're reduced to tears and your heart hurts, and the next yeah. minute, you are roaring laughing. That's how conversation goes. So for me, that was what I loved about the show. I also loved, um, we got to dress up in the most ridiculous costumes. You know, I'm a, I'm a journalist, I'm a coach, I'm all these things, but then one minute I'm dressed up as Bjorn from ABBA, playing guitar <laughs> and running around. And then I'm going, then I'm interviewing Oprah Winfrey. Fantastic. Or interviewing Michael Bublé. And uh, I ended up, on stage interviewing Rod Stewart with Penny because Penny's married to Rod Stewart and I've done some truly amazing things whilst also covering some topics that have helped everyone at home. I always used to feel that there were four of us on the panel but there was a fifth loose woman and she was the one watching at home. I like and that. I always felt this really strongly in my heart and I never said anything about it for quite a long time because I thought they'd think I was mad. But I said it one day and then it became the, one of the core elements of the program that remember the fifth loose woman, she's always at, at home. Because I remembered how I felt when I was at home after having a baby watching the show and I felt like they were my friends and I felt like I was one of them and I wanted to sort of bring that back yeah. and, and let them know how I felt that. But in terms of Oh my gosh. I mean, highlight for me, obviously, Oprah. Um, interviewing Oprah Winfrey is one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. You were the scared before. <laughs> so scared. It's Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, I know. She's a giant. She's a genius. Oh my gosh. She's, <laughs> yeah. the, she's the god of daytime TV. And yeah. so I, I barely slept the night before. Um, and all I could think of was, don't make a fool of yourself. Um, but actually... And you'll know this, when you, when you sit with someone who is so, so comfortable in their own power and their own self-worth and presence, they don't need to put anyone else down yes. to feel good. Yeah, and actually course. they are incredibly gracious and warm and friendly. She was a hugely professional, warm woman who came along and made everyone feel great and then kind of disappeared in a waft of perfume and smoke. Uh, not cigarette smoke as in like fairy smoke, yeah. just kind of disappeared. And we, we all were like, but we want to what be happened? your friends, <laughs> come back. Um, but no, she, she was great. She was really, really great. And Michael Buble, without doubt, Michael Buble is, a f is my favorite person that I've ever interviewed ever. Aww. Because he, I've interviewed him three times now. He's cheeky. He's funny. He is wonderful to every single member of the team because people watching at home only see you sitting exactly. here. There's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a crew of people sitting behind. He's 
he is every bit as delightful as you would want him to be. He's also really rude, quite filthy, which I find <laughs> hilarious. I didn't know about that. <laughs> He's so funny. He's really, really funny. Um, oh, and interesting. I used to base you know, who's my favourite person that I interviewed on uh, would I go to the pub with him afterwards? And I would definitely go to the pub afterwards with Michael Bublé. Michael. And I'd love to go to the pub afterwards with, with Oprah. Maybe not the pub, maybe go for dinner. Of course, yeah. of course. And did you feel her energy? Is she so special also, one-on-one? There's a, there's a calmness, which is wonderful. Very, very still and calm. And again, when you're around people who are either highly functioning or incredibly successful, there's very different energies that they give off. Some people are very frenetic, That's true. very, very frenetic. And when you're with him, you're like, oh my goodness, what's happening? Is there something wrong? Or, you know, it's, it's all a bit like this. Some people, although they are incredibly successful, are also very insecure. And you can feel that coming from them. There's a feeling that, yes, I've, you know, I might be, uh, pop star or a movie mm. star but I don't feel like I deserve to be here the imposter syndrome yes and so, so they on. they think you're trying to trip them up yeah. now I I uh, one of the things I do before I interview anyone is I try and at least have two minutes with them alone to literally reassure them I will never trip you up yeah. I will never let you fall and if you fall I will catch you and if there's anything you don't want to talk about tell me and I won't talk about it with you I'm not here for the clickbait um, but some people if I didn't get that moment with them I could feel it from them but with Oprah uh, she's like I say so very centered in her own sense of of belief and worth and purpose that it calms everyone else around them because while it's we're wonderful. all going oh my god it's Oprah she's like chill I know I'm Oprah. it's all good <laughs> I love this <laughs> I'm now uh, picturing how was it to behind the scenes mm. and those women. And it was a mixture of crazy and, and it's live TV and especially when we had a live studio audience. Clearly there's not been one for a few years because of the pandemic. Mm. To give you an idea of my experience being behind the scenes. So uh, this is what it's like being a TV anchor for a live TV show that has a studio audience. So clearly you've got there hours before and there's a lot of prep and there's meetings and we, we would piece the show together on the day. So it was always very current and this sort mm. of thing. And then uh, you go to makeup and you get made to look nice. And th as the anchor, there are so many people constantly knocking on your door. So there's producers with updates, there's researchers with more notes. There's the technical team who come and mic you up. For us, there was no rehearsal because there was no time, of course. so you went straight in. Um, then the audience starts coming in, and we have a warm-up man, so the energy starts to build, and you can feel it. You can feel the, the everyone's so excited to be there. They love the show, they're, you know, they're they wanna have a great time. Then obviously, because I'm not hosting a show on my own, there's other women there, so there's all that different energy. There's joshing about and this. If people have ever wondered what happened just before the credits, what would happen is you were standing backstage and it's like a theater, it all looks beautiful on the outside. Behind the scenes, it's just bits of wood holding everything up. It's, you know, there's, there's nothing, wires and things. It's not very fancy. I would have someone putting an earpiece in, someone attaching a microphone, someone fiddling with my hair, someone sorting out my clothes. 
uh, a producer in my ear going, just to let you know this item has changed. The director saying, just letting you know we're changing the camera angles. The editor of the program going, just to let you know we've had a call that this guest might be late, so we're going to swap all this around. And you can hear the audience cheering. So you have at least six different things all happening yeah. all at once. It can while, be overwhelming. While you're trying to stay calm. What I used to do, and this is where experience comes in. So for an inexperienced anchor in that moment, you, you might catch your breath and just think, I want to run because yeah. it's so awful. What I would do is I would almost split my brain into sections. And I would listen to that section and go, mm-hmm, yep, got that, mm-hmm, yep, got that. I'm ready, how do I look? I'm all right, I can hear the crowd. They sound like they're really good. Sounds like we might get some funny lines out of them as in terms of they're gonna appreciate the humor. Okay, remember that for later. Um, this has been swapped around, mm-hmm, yep, okay. It's like the, that Tom Cruise film where he's moving things around. In my head, that's what was happening. But most importantly, I would ground myself. So I would close my eyes and take a few deep breaths and while the countdown and I could hear 20 seconds, everyone, 20 seconds, 10 seconds, stand by. And you can hear the theme tune, you can hear the music. And at that moment, I would actually become very, very still. So rather than, yeah. actually, I went the other way and I became, I stood taller, I engaged, and I just would let my energy rise very naturally. I'd feel it coming up for, up from the ground and I'd feel it coming down from above. I do a lot of yoga and I do a lot of meditation and this sort of thing. And I would imagine that I'm, I'm strong, I'm loved, I'm capable, I'm protected and I can do this. And by the time they said, three, two, one, and you're on. And the music would start and the lights and the crowd and all this. I would feel, yes, you feel nervous. You feel that tingling energy of you want everything to go well and there's millions of people watching you. But I'd also feel very, very calm. I love that. And time would move slowly for me. Yeah. And I've heard people say this, like um, firefighters and racing drivers and this sort of thing. And I had the same experience. If a crisis happened and something went wrong with a guest or, or whatever, when I've watched it back, it happened really quickly. Yeah. But in my head, it happened really slowly. And I had so much time to think about all my scenarios of what I was going oh, to do. Great. I can't explain no, why. But for me, again, it was almost like, right, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'll do that. And it happened in a split second. I don't know how, but that's <laughs> how I used to deal it's, with it. It's wonderful to hear your story because now we can have a very deep insight mm. on the, the life of an anchor mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. woman. And I think it was because maybe you found your inner peace, you mm -hmm. found your balance. And because, as you said, you do a lot of meditation so you can control your thoughts. And I think time is different for everyone, right? We can mm. feel it go, going faster or slower, depends on ourselves. Yeah, so. and I think also understanding that all I can do is control what I can control. Yeah. I can't do anything about the fact that either something has gone wrong. And then my biggest bit of advice to, to anyone, in, in, regardless of what it is, is be honest. Say it. And if you can't cover it up, and I don't mean cover it up yeah. in a negative way, I mean as in smooth over it so that yeah. no one knows, just say it. Say, this is hi everyone, this has happened and this is what we're going through right now because we're all humans having human experience and actually 
if you're so scared of getting things wrong, you become very brittle. Yeah. But actually, if you just let yeah. it go and if it's done with, with good intent, then people like it and it's fine. People appreciate honesty also. Yeah, 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 yeah. They feel you're reliable and relatable, yeah. Yeah. If you forget your lines, if you're doing a presentation in front of a group of people, stop and say, I've lost my thought, well, my train of thought, where was I? Hmm, have a sip of water. Don't you hate it when that happens? And then carry on. Yeah. Because everyone in the room will go, oh, I can remember when I did that. Because we've <laughs> exactly. all done it. It's exactly. all fine. It's all okay. Oh, I love your approach to life, Andrea. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Thank you. You are amazing. I knew that before, but now more than before. Yeah. Yeah, That's very yeah. kind. Thank everything. you. Everything. I love everything. And can you share also maybe the worst crisis you had on those women? Yes. The worst uh, crisis that I've had was um, I was in I was in the middle of so we have autocue so the words come up over the camera so the audience can't yeah. see it but I have autocue and uh, I will say I'll say what the guest is because it's fine it's a funny story so it was Seal you know the the singer yeah. Seal he's amazing so Seal was due on and he was the last guest of the show and what that means is there's nowhere you can go so you can't say oh we'll go to a break sure. or We'll put another topic in and, you know, talk around it, whatever. He was, he was the last part of the show. All we had was, and we'd given him a lot of time because he was a big guest. So I think we had eight minutes, which is a long time in live TV. Yeah, <laughs> a <I> long time. <laughs> and so we've done the whole show and it's all gone fine. And I'm reading the link saying, and our final guest today, da, 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 da. And as I'm reading the words, the director said in my ear, Andrew, I'm so sorry they can't find him. Oh God. <laughs> and then she went, I'm so sorry, they can't find him. You're on your, you're on your own. Sorry. <laughs> That's quite funny. <laughs> you literally said you're on your own. <laughs> you're on your own. Sorry. Like this. And uh, I'm on live TV and I'm literally reading out his introduction. So again, l very luckily for me, my brain went boop, 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 boop. You know, one half of my brain is going, oh my God, oh my God, what do we do? I don't know. But I thought... Right, he's not coming on. We've got eight minutes to fill. How can we fill those eight minutes? If he doesn't come on, that's it. That, that's gone. We're going to need to find something else. But he may come on, so we can't go too off track. And at the same time, I'm reading the words and keeping the same face like this. And my brain is literally going like, not that, not that, not that. And I suddenly remembered, by the time I got to the end of the paragraph, the woman sitting to my left, mm -hmm. her husband was a musician, and I think years ago had supported Seal in concert. That'll do. That'll be our first starting point. So as I'm reading it, and I said, and our next guest da, 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 uh, is Seal. Uh, unfortunately, he's been held up just for a moment. So until he arrives on set, and at that moment, I can see in the corner of my eye the other women being told in their earpiece, and they're going, what? Like, he's not here? What? What are we supposed to do? And I can, obviously the audience don't know, and they're like that, but I can see their eyeballs going, what are we supposed to do? He's not coming. So I turned to the woman next to me and I went, Sally, your husband's a drummer. Didn't you tell me once that he went on tour with, with Seal? That must have been an amazing experience. And God love her, she knew what I was doing, and she went, yes, actually, we met him so much, and he was this, so we talked about Seal for about four great. minutes. That's great. Just coming up with our favorite Seal stories. And by then the women were like, oh, okay, we're gonna talk about it for a little bit. And then I could hear, we found him, we found him, <laughs> he's coming. 
he'd fallen asleep in his dressing room because he was on tour and he'd flown in from another of country. Course, he was jet lagged, yeah. and they couldn't find it. He was literally just, he, yeah, he was just asleep. <laughs> but he woke up like this, and we could hear banging coming from through the set. The people at home wouldn't have heard it, and it was him going and arriving. <laughs> so I just went, and then they were like, "He's here." Ladies and gentlemen, Seal, oh, God love him. He came down the stairs, walked on set. He didn't know what country he was in. He didn't know where he was. So we did a very gentle interview with him and sort of, you're in England, it's loose women. Thank you for coming. Tell us about your single, la la la. And then we finished and went off air. So that was, you know, that was such a great example of moments that can what feel like could have been a total catastrophe. Yeah. Can either go two ways. One. You can resolve them and it'll all be fine and it'll all be okay. Or two, it could go horribly wrong. Yeah. It could all be terrible. But both are a win because what you end up with is the best story to tell people with. Yeah. I had a woman in my community recently who was giving a, a, a speech to a few hundred people. Of, they were her peers. She's a, she's a very successful businesswoman. And she froze on stage, literally froze, looked around, gulped and ran off. And she messaged us in the group and said, I'm standing in the car park and I don't know what to do. I've had this moment where I could have pulled myself together and that would have been a great outcome, but I haven't and I've really embarrassed myself. She went back in and the event had carried on without her and the next speaker had come on. And she went back in and uh, we were like, we love you, you're brilliant. Go back in and you, it, yeah. it will be fine. And because she went back in, people came up to her and went, I really felt for you up there. The best thing you can do is get back up on stage again. The next time this happens, this will be an amazing story. That's so true. since then, she's uh, let us know she's gone back up on stage on a different event and gone, many of you in this room may recognize me. I'm the woman who ran out last time. <laughs> um, just to let you know that it was because I was feeling this. Um, but actually here, I'm here to talk to you about this. But what that proved was the world doesn't end if you run off stage. If any of you in the audience are ever feeling that way, learn from me, I did it and it was terrible. So my SEAL story, it all worked out all right in the end. It's a funny story. Yeah, Hers, fantastic. it didn't work all right in the end, but it's still a great story. It's, it's yeah. never the end of the world. Absolutely. Oh, thank you for sharing, Andrea. Honestly, I would stay here with you for hours and hours. <laughs> But I know you're busy and I don't want to take too much of your time, you know, from your community because I know they need you. <laughs> and, and I'm actually very curious. I love your books, uh, but I might also join your community. <laughs> oh, that's very kind of you. We, uh, we, we've launched, uh, we're now on uh, the App Store and Google Play. We literally yeah. download us like you download any app and just so you join you our community. On Apple Store and you find this girl is on fire, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be really kind. Well, you'd be very welcome. <laughs> oh, Andrea, thank you. Well, thank you for being here. And again, for everyone, you just need to believe it. Do you want to give maybe the last uh, advice to maybe a young girl who is listening mm. to us, how she can believe it? What I would say is you already believe something about yourself. Believing something about yourself is something that you are already doing. So don't think, how can I believe something good about myself? You are already believing something. Take that skill set that you have, that you don't even realize that you have, and ask yourself, could the opposite be true? So rather than thinking, I, I'm not capable, I'm worthless, I'm stupid, I'm clumsy, I'm not smart enough, ask yourself, could the opposite be true? 
because if you are capable of believing one thing about yourself, you are capable of believing the other. Wonderful. Thank you, Andrea. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you everyone for being here with us today. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. She's really one of a kind, a real change maker. And I hope you all have been inspired to change something in your life and don't be scared to change. Please share with all your friends on all your social media and stay tuned for many interesting guests coming very soon. Bye. Thank you.